I love everything new. New friends, new clothing, that new car smell, all new episodes of Hebrew School. Is this your first time listening to this podcast? If so, Baruch Haba, which is Hebrew for welcome. We are so glad to have you here. Or maybe you joined us for the last two seasons of our show, which features amazing kids learning about all things Jewish. If so, prepare yourself for a brand new school year. Not only do we have awesome kids playing fun games to learn about Judaism, we also have hilarious comedians, talented storytellers, catchy songs, and appearances by kids all around the country and the world. So sharpen your pencils, make sure your tablet is fully charged, and find a comfy chair, because this is Hebrew School! By the way, I'm Sarah Fredman Ader, and I'm going to be your guide through this season of the show. Speaking of new, today's episode is going to be all about the Jewish high holidays, including Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year. Around the world, different countries and cultures celebrate the New Year at different times. In many places, the New Year begins on January 1st. Chinese New Year follows the Chinese calendar and marks the end of winter and the beginning of spring. Most Muslims celebrate their New Year, called the Hijri New Year, on the first day of the month of Muharram in the Islamic calendar. But my most favorite New Year is the Jewish New Year, or Rosh Hashanah, which begins on the first day of the Hebrew month of Tishrei, which means it usually starts in September or October. Rosh Hashanah is just the first in a whole season of Jewish holidays called the High Holidays, which also includes Yom Kippur, the day where we ask forgiveness for anything we may have done wrong and commit to being better in the coming year. Talk about New Year's resolutions. Speaking of resolutions, one of mine was to stop going on and on and on and on while everyone waits for me to get to the point of my story. So without further ado, let's start today's episode of Hebrew School. Our amazing contestant today is Rachel. Yay! <laughs> so, Rachel, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm eight years old. I live in Canada, Ottawa. I love books a lot. Like, read so many books. So many books. Yeah. And I love Yom Kippur. You love Yom Kippur? I really, really, really like it. I don't know what I really like about it. I just love everything. And I like the name. How it's really weird. <laughs> I find the name weird. That is one fun thing about Yom Kippur. Can you tell some of our listeners who maybe haven't been to Ottawa what it's like there? One cool thing about Ottawa is there's a canal where you can skate on. And everybody skates together. and. We go under the bridge, and we have lots of fun. That sounds like so much fun. And Ottawa, it's the capital of Canada, right? Yep. Wow, that is pretty cool. Rachel, are you ready for our first game? Yeah! This one is called Emet Emet Sheker. Emet Emet Sheker. Emet Emet Sheker is Hebrew for two truths and a lie. I'm going to ask you a question about Rosh Hashanah and tell you three possible answers. Two of them are true and one 
isn't. Your job is to figure out which of the answers is totally wrong. Ready? Yeah. Okay, round one. On Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, we blow the shofar to wake people up to the importance of the day. But you can't blow any old toot. There are special ways to blow the shofar, each with its own name. Can you tell me which of the following three is not the name of a shofar sound? A. Tekiah. B. Ra'ashan. Or C. Shivarim. E. Winner! You got it! B. Rashan. A Rashan is a noisemaker, not a shofar blast. We use Rashans, also known as groggers, on Purim to blot out the name of the evil Haman. <laughs> Boo! But on Rosh Hashanah, we're all about Tekiah, Shvarim, and Shrua. Tekiah is the single long note of a shofar. <laughs> Shvarim is three medium-length notes. And Shrua is nine short blasts, one right after each other. Are you ready for the next round? Yes! On Rosh Hashanah, we eat special foods called simanim to symbolize our wishes for the year. For example, we eat apples and honey to symbolize a sweet new year. Which of the following is not a special food we eat on Rosh Hashanah? A. Fish head. So our year will be like a head and not like a tail. B. Pomegranates. So that our good deeds should be as numerous as the seeds in this fruit. Or C. Chocolate. So that the seeds we plant now will turn into something sweet. Which one is the lie? Uh. See? Chocolate? Winner! Correct! The lie is C. Chocolate! While I love chocolate for any occasion, it is not a traditional food eaten on Rosh Hashanah. Other meaningful foods that some people do eat include carrots, leeks, and black-eyed peas. Rachel, how do you think about that whole fish head thing? I don't want to try it. Let's try to get the fish head replaced with chocolate for next Rosh Hashanah. What do you think? Yeah. Okay, you ready for the last one? Yeah. Okay, round three. On any given day, you and I might greet each other by saying, hello, or how are you, or OMG, you are my very best friend. But on Rosh Hashanah, there are special greetings we say to fellow Jews when we see them. Which of the following is not a traditional Rosh Hashanah greeting? Is it A, Shana Tova Umetuka, a good and sweet year, B, Chag Sameach, happy holiday, or C, Yom Kef, have a fun day? Is it Yom Kef, have a fun day? Winner! Yep, C is the Sheker. No one has ever wished me a Yom Kef a fun day on Rosh Hashanah, but honestly, I wouldn't hate it. Me too. 
How do you think we might make Rosh Hashanah a bit more fun? Maybe if we could have chocolate? Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, chocolate's the answer. It's time for our next segment, Wisdom of the Crowds. Wisdom of the Crowds. Wisdom of the Crowds is our segment where we hear from kids around the world. This week, we asked, what is your Jewish New Year's resolution? So my New Year's resolution would be to have a lot of fun and celebrate a lot of the holidays and just like spend a lot of time with my family. My Jewish resolution is to do more Hebrew. Having honey sandwiches. My Jewish New Year's resolution for Rosh Hashanah is to be more independent and to read more frequently. This Rosh Hashanah, I will resolve to be a better listener. My Jewish New Year's resolution is to be a better friend. My Jewish New Year's resolution would be that I would start practicing for my bar mitzvah. Oh, wow. I hope they're all able to keep their resolutions. Hey, kids, let us know how you're doing on those resolutions in a month from now, will you? And if you kids listening at home want to tell us about your resolutions, email hebrewschool at tabletmag.com and let us know there. Rachel, are you ready for our next game? Yes. This game is called Maze. Maze. Mazet is Hebrew for what is this? This is the game where we tell you two possible Hebrew definitions for a word in English, and you tell us which one is right. Today our words are going to be all about sports. I know what you're thinking. This is an episode about high holidays. Why are we talking about sports? But Yom Kippur actually is closely connected with one of the most memorable moments in Jewish sports history. Sandy Koufax, one of the greatest Major League Baseball pitchers ever, and the youngest person to make it into the Baseball Hall of Fame, was supposed to pitch in the first game of the 1965 World Series. The only problem was that this baseball game fell on Yom Kippur, and Sandy Koufax was Jewish. He shocked the world by choosing to sit out that game, asserting the importance of his Jewish identity. Don't worry, his team, the Dodgers, went on to win the series, and Koufax was named series MVP. In honor of Koufax's historic moment of Jewish pride, let's learn some Hebrew sports words. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, let's get a whistle and start this game. First up, basketball. Remember, one of these Hebrew words actually means basketball, and the other is totally made up. First word. Basketball in Hebrew is mishak ha-Jordan, named after one of the best basketball players of all time, Michael Jordan. This NBA All-Star is so popular in Israel, they named the whole sport in his honor. Or, perhaps, the way you say basketball is kadur sal, a direct translation of the English words. Kadur is Hebrew for ball, and sal is Hebrew for basket. Ergo, kadur sal, basketball. Okay, Rachel, care to make a guess? Is it the second one? 
winner. Yes, plain and simple in this case, basketball is Kadur Sal. Michael Jordan may be one of the greatest basketball players of all time, but Israel has their own basketball stars, including Omri Kaspi, the first Israeli to be picked in the first round of the NBA draft, and Amari Stoudemire, who was named NBA Rookie of the Year in 2003 and was the 2020 Israeli Basketball Premier League Finals MVP. You want to do one more? Yeah. Okay, let's, let's make it a little trickier. This time, you need to guess the right word for stadium. Your first word is bimat sport, which means a sports stage, which kind of makes sense. All those players are basically on a stage for spectators to watch. Your second word is etstadion, which, like the English word stadium, derives from the Greek word stadion. The Greeks were the first to introduce the idea of sports competitions to Israel when Alexander the Great conquered the land in 332 BCE. Greek rule wasn't really so good for the ancient Israelites, but at least we got the Olympics out of it. So, which of those words do you think means stadium? Is it the second one? Winner! Yes, the correct answer is et stadion, just one of the many ways the ancient Greeks left their mark on Israel. If you want to learn more about Jews and sports, check out Tablet Studio's new podcast, The Franchise, launching this fall. Wow, all that talk about sports has pumped me up. I feel like I could run a marathon. Another Greek invention. What do you say we keep the fun going with some jokes from our Hebrew school comedian, Joel Chasnoff? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Hebrew School Stage. Joel Chasnoff. I don't mind Rosh Hashanah. That's a great holiday, the new year, apples and honey. But you know what I can't stand? And I feel bad saying it, but I cannot stand Yom Kippur. Because my idea of fun is not being in a big room with 8,000 people who haven't brushed their teeth in 24 hours. Because they're Jews, so they're still going to talk to you. Hey, how's your fast? (gasps) Oh my God, it just got easier. And it's so long. You know why Yom Kippur is long? People think it's because the prayer book is long, that we have a lot of prayers. No, that's not the reason. The reason Yom Kippur is long is because every cantor in America drags the service out for as long as humanly possible. It is their day at the opera. Because I'm going to tell you a secret. Every cantor actually secretly believes that they're a Broadway star. On Yom Kippur, you or me, anyone else, we could get up there and be like, Yigadal, Vigadal, Shemei Rabban, no problem. Let's go take a nap. What does every cantor in America do on Yom Kippur? Gets up there. You're like, hurry up, man. It's almost Hanukkah. It's time to eat. 
That's what every cantor wants. Yom Kippur, the musical. Do you hear the cantor sing? Singing the psalms of hungry men. It is the blessing of a people who won't eat till half past ten. Who'll be in the book of life? Only God in heaven knows. So until then you must wait to eat till the shofar blows. It's funny because it's true. <gasps> okay, Rachel, ready for your last game? Yes. Okay, this game is called Eavesdropping on History. Eavesdropping on History. Can you keep a secret? Yeah. Just between you and me and all the people listening to this episode? I can time travel. That's so cool. I know. I was at my grandmother's house last year going through all this amazing old stuff, and I found this awesome hat. And when I put it on my head, the room started spinning, and I found myself back in the time of the dinosaurs. It was so cool, but also terrifying. And when a pterodactyl started chasing me, I shoved the hat back on my head and found myself back in the safety of grandma's house. Well, since then, I've been traveling back and forth through history, getting recordings of everything I can find. I have this tape here, and I'm not sure what it's about. Can we listen together and maybe you can guess what's happening on this recording? Sure. Okay. Okay. Today is my big day. All year, I wait to do this one job, where I go into the temple and ask God to forgive the Jewish people. The pressure is really on, because if I mess up, the Jewish people might not get forgiveness. Now where is my incense? Okay, Rachel, any guesses who was speaking and what they were doing? Hmm. I'm not sure. Well, Rachel, that was the high priest, the most important religious figure in the Holy Temple in Jerusalem, getting ready to start his job on Yom Kippur. Only once a year, the high priest was allowed to enter the Holy of Holies, the most sacred and off-limits part of the temple. There, he had to perform a super complicated set of tasks, including burning delicious-smelling incense and sprinkling less delicious-smelling blood. He did this in order to ensure that all of the Jewish people's sins were forgiven. Talk about pressure. Do you think you would want a job like that? Not really. No, that sounds really scary, right? Yeah. Yeah. Also the blood. Yeah. <laughs> that bell means we're out of time. Rachel, you did amazing. You've helped us learn all about Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. While we don't have a trophy for you today, we do wish that you will be inscribed in the Book of Life, and we wish you and everyone listening a Shana Tova Umituka, a good and sweet year. Thank you so much, Rachel, for joining us today. Did you have fun? Yeah! I had fun too, and I really learned so much. Let's close out this episode with a song by the Hebrew Schoolhouse band, Schlockrock. Oh, I know Schlockrock. Let's listen to that song. Hey everybody, this is Lenny Solomon from Schlock Rock, and I hope you enjoy I've Got a Tefillah.
I've got a feeling that this year's gonna be a sweet year. That this year's gonna be a sweet year. That this year's gonna be a sweet, sweet year. A up That this year's gonna be a sweet year. That this year's gonna be a sweet year. That this year's gonna be a sweet, sweet year. A up that this year's gonna be a sweet year That this year's gonna be a sweet year That this year's gonna be a sweet, sweet year A feel up That this year's gonna be a sweet year That this year's gonna be a sweet year That this year's gonna be a sweet, sweet year Hebrew School is a production of Tablet Studios in collaboration with our friends at the Jewish Education Project who have created lots of awesome games and activities to keep the fun going. Visit HebrewSchoolPodcast.com to play along at home. The show is produced and edited by Daron Riskay, Robert Scaramuccia, and me, Sara Fredmanator. Special thanks to Lenny Salman of our house band Schlockrock, comedian Joel Chasnoff, storyteller Panina Shram, and musician Kelsey McDonald. We're grateful to the Jewish Education Project's Ella Matuki, Jonathan Fass, Rabbi Dina Klein, Susan Wachstock, and David Breifman. Our Tablet Studios team includes Stephanie Butnick, Liel Liebowitz, Mark Oppenheimer, Josh Cross, Tanya Singer, Quinn Waller, Ellie Blyer, Sam Hacker, and Courtney Hazlett. Want to be a contestant on Hebrew School? Visit tabletm.ag slash Hebrew School to apply. That's tablet, the letter M, dot A-G slash Hebrew School to apply. Check out all of our podcasts at tabletmag.com slash podcasts. That this year's gonna be a sweet year. That this year's gonna be a sweet year. That this year's gonna be a sweet, sweet year. A feel up. That this year's gonna be a sweet year. That this year's gonna be a sweet year. That this year's gonna be a sweet, sweet year. Sweet, sweet, sweet.
Yeah.